Welcome to the party, pal. Michael Dukes show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, yeah. Light uh, across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com, where you'll find the live stream, the audio stream, the links to the social media, the podcast links, the all the relevant, all the fa. All the fa-fa, you'll find it all over there on the website. How to join the Common Sense Core, which is our cool kids club. That is uh, how you support the show and uh, get access to our private Facebook group and everything else. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Again, MichaelLukeShow.com, that's where you can go to do that. Also broadcasting live around the world on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Howdy, 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 ho. How are you this morning? <laughs> it's Thursday. It's Thursday. And we are uh, ready to rock and roll, uh, ready to go. <clears throat> Today on the program, um, we're going to do some things a little bit different. Um, we are going to uh, go over some headlines um, and talk about uh, a few of the things going on around the state of Alaska. Um, I want to kind of introduce a new uh, a n- new segment on the show. Um, I would like to, uh, I'd like to, uh, uh kind of do this. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. I mean, it's a new segment. I've been, I'm toying with it, playing around with it. Um, because you know, by golly, sometimes we need a little bit of change. Um, and, uh, so we're going to go over the headlines and we're going to have some phone calls here in hour one and, and do some things together and, just enjoy each other's company. How about that? That's uh, that's that's going to be the 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 mantra for hour one uh, this morning. Then in hour two, we're going to pick things up with State Senator Mike Shower, who has uh, agreed to come on. Um, he was uh, precluded yesterday from coming on because we had Kelly Shabaka on, uh, but he was gracious enough to come back on today. Uh, so we're going to have the shower power, shower hour of, wow. We're going to have the shower hour of air power. That's the, that's it. That's what I have dubbed today's segment for hour two. Uh, State Senator Mike Shower is going to be joining us. And although we may talk a little bit about politics because, you know, we kind of got it. It's kind of required. Uh, we may end up spending a good chunk of the, sh- of the hour talking about, uh, you know, favorite airplanes, uh, movies, just just stuff, just life stuff. I mean, it doesn't have to always be so, you know, it doesn't always have to be. Politics is not everything is what I'm saying. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. What did you just say? You said politics is not everything. I know. It's shocking. Shocking, I say to some of you. When we say politics is not everything, but the the bottom line is 
politics is not everything. Okay? I'm just pointing that out to you. So anyway, we're going to um, uh, we're going to talk with Mike Shower in our two of the program today. Uh, that's where we'll get started uh, going on. Uh, Brian in the chat room said, "Gradually introduce this new thing as so as not to shock the sensibilities of your listeners. It's not going to be that shocking. Gosh, you guys are all uh, uh, you, you, something new. Something. It's <clears throat> it's not like it's groundbreaking. It's just something a little bit different. Something a little bit." Uh, different than usual. A uh, little wet and rainy this morning, which to which I say thank you. <laughs> a little wet and rainy. It has been so dry and so warm. Um, the latest, in fact, the latest uh, numbers on the um, on the fire right now. Um, I'm going to get into the story a little bit more, but I'll give you a sneak peek of the too long don't read variety. There are now 271 active wildfires across Alaska, 17 of which are currently staffed by an estimated 1,300 uh, total personnel, uh, and we are approaching 3 million acres burned up to date for this year. So um, don't complain about the rain is what I'm saying. Uh, But there can be too much of a good thing, and we'll kind of go over that. Uh, We needed that rain absolutely for sure. And it's good to know that uh, <clears throat> at least uh, it'll help knock down some of those fires as we uh, as we go through. All right, a couple of ways to participate on the program this morning. If you would like to be part of it, first and foremost, you can uh, do what you're doing right now, being a member of the six o'clock club. That's right. You you got up. You're on the. You're listening to the show in the six a.m. hour. That makes you an official member. Of the 6 o'clock club. Congratulations. And you've got bragging rights now. All right. Secondly, you can join us uh, in the chat rooms, which are available on any of the simulcasts, uh, meaning you can check us out on Facebook. You can check us out. We're on Facebook Live. You can check us out on YouTube. And you can check us out on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv. Um, so feel free to go out there and check us out on any of those platforms and, uh, make your comments, hang out with your friends. I don't know. We got probably 40 people. How many we got? Yeah. Between Facebook and YouTube, we probably got 45 or 50 people hanging out in the chat rooms right now. So feel free to come on over and, uh, share your thoughts and, and, uh, you know, just, just chit chat with the crowd and, uh, we'll enjoy each other immensely this morning. All right. So, um, I guess we'll get through the normal headlines uh, to start with this morning. Uh, we'll start talking about those before I get into my new segment, which um, uh, which uh, I'm just going to tell you. It's just, it's the good news segment. I'm just going to do good news. You know, we get so much bad news. We get so much, um, you know, negatives. I mean, I, I went on to Drudge Report this morning and... Um, you know, I swear I wanted to walk off a bridge when I got done reading the, the headline, just the headlines from the Drudge Report. I wanted to find a high point and leap. It's just, you know, it's, it's, I'm like, oh, 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 that's, oh, oh, that's, you know, it was like just too many hits this morning. And uh, I've been thinking about this for a few days. And so I've got a source for good news. And by golly, we're going to we're going to talk about just some good feel good little news stories. So uh, occasionally throughout the week, I will throw you the good news. 
fact, I should get it. The good news. That's going to be the the, uh, the the name of the segment. We're just going to. And I know that's probably already people are like, eh, who knows? Uh, good. I just want bad news. I just want. I just want bad news. That's what most people, it seems like, want these days. Anytime we get into any lighter side discussion, the, the viewership on on the online just crashes. It's like, unless you're being vitriolic and just, you know, frothing at the mouth, nobody wants to listen. But you know what? I want to listen. And that's why my name is on the show, because I want to listen. Um, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's hit the headlines, though. Let's hit some local stuff and talk about some of the different things that are going on around the state of Alaska, and we'll 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 get we'll get those things uh, uh, put to bed first. So the Alaska Legislature, um, uh, yeah, you will accept the good news or else. Um, <laughs> the Alaska Legislature uh, is still working on its new social media. Guidelines. Now, this the current policy was written over ten years ago, and um, well, let's just say things have changed a bit and accelerated a bit on social media since then. Um, I mean, it's ironic that I exhort you to go out and check us out on social media and follow us on Facebook and do all that kind of stuff. When for the most part, I don't participate a whole lot in social media. I, I mean, I have it. I use it occasionally. I use it kind of privately, uh, but for the show. It's just a way it's a it's a meeting place for us to kind of get together and gather. But I, I'm like, I'm not that person that's got to be like on my phone. Oh, my gosh. What happened now? Did they like it? Did they? You know, I'm not on my I'm not on social media very much at all. Uh, but, you know, as a politician, I could understand being able to be in contact with constituents. And, you know, it's a tool and I use it on the show as a tool, just like politicians use it as a tool. Well, the current policy, which was written 10 years ago, is pretty much out of date. And um, it includes recommendations that legislators avoid using inappropriate language, quote unquote, and correct errors on posts as quickly as possible. But it doesn't, according to KTUU, it doesn't address the more thorny practice of blocking constituents from their social media pages or deleting comments. So they've got a new draft policy up in front of the Legislative uh, Affairs Agency, um, and they uh, the and the, the draft policy is modeled off of one in Colorado, which recommends that the legislators' personal social media accounts be kept private, and that they don't use those pages for any legislative business. Effectively, it was like the the private public. It keeps them separate. Now. There would be two that there would be two options for lawmakers, officials, legislative social media pages. They could either one, just operate it like a bulletin board where they post information, but they they have no commenting what to what. There's no way to comment. The second choice would be a free for all debate. Um, according to Jessica Geary, who's the head of the Legislative Affairs Agency, everything goes or nothing goes is the safest way to avoid litigation. Since 2011, there have been several legislators who've been sued on First Amendment grounds for blocking constituents from accessing their social media pages and from deleting comments on posts. The Ethics Committee found probable cause, you'll remember, last year that uh, Reinbold's, Laura Reinbold had violated state statutes by blocking a constituent. 
Um, she's not running for re-election, but she is facing a separate lawsuit for allegedly blocking another constituent. Kevin McCabe is facing a similar ongoing legal action. Now, legislatures across the country have been dealing with a question about whether or not, um, you know, your personal or your official social media pages should be considered public forums. I've had some conversations with some legislators about this and um, and asked them, you know, what's going on? Because, again, I'm in the public eye. I have a public Facebook page. You know, I have I have the same power that they have as far as, you know, I can delete comments or block people or do that kind of stuff. And I have a tendency not to. Um, but in talking with some of the legislators, I've discovered that this the stories may not be as cut and dried as um, as uh, as you may as you may uh, as you may think. Many legislators post a code of conduct. Um, and page rules on their Facebook pages. Um, and several of the legislators I've talked to have said uh, that after they have blocked someone or, you know, that, that in the process of blocking someone, those people have violated the agreed upon, it's not terms of service, but it's basically page etiquette and rules that if you're going to post here, no ad hominem attacks, no, you know, the, 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 there's a list of things that go on. And so when they do get the boot finally and then start to raise a hue and cry, um, the legislators can go back there and point to the – see the rules here? See what you agreed to when you came over here and joined? This is the – by violating this, you're done, you know? And I can see that. Now, I have <clears throat> very rarely ever um, – I have very rarely ever uh, uh, blocked or – done anything. I've had a few people who have uh, been in the chat room or who have uh, been commenting on things that I have hidden their comments after they've made them. I've deleted their comments from public view after they've made them simply because they were offensive. Uh, Not to me particularly, but they were just offensive comments in general. Uh, I've only ever blocked two people on this program since I started broadcasting it on Facebook five years ago, four years ago, however long it's been. And uh, and that was for some real rough anti-Semitic and some I mean, there was a, it was needed right now being a public official is something a little bit different if you're a public official then you've got a whole different set of you know rules to work by but it can't just be a free for all. It can't just be a free for all. Now, if somebody disagrees with you, I, I mean, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna delete something or block somebody who you know, who uh, just disagrees with me. But when they get, you know, remember we were talking about yesterday, this whole, the the bitter war between one side and the other and how everybody wants to kill each other. When they get that way on the page, where they start to attack and, and use the fa- the foul and the threatening language and the, um, and the abusive, you know, kind of name calling and things like that, that's, if they don't learn, then guess what? Bye-bye. Um, and I don't think that, um, you know, I, I think that while you have a First Amendment right to be an asshat, you don't have a First Amendment right to be an asshat on my page or on the page of anybody. Nobody should have to deal. Nobody should have to deal with that kind of abuse in that kind of form. So they do need to fix this. Now, Shelley Hughes did bring up an interesting point. 
She raises concerns about the new draft social media policy when it was unveiled before the Legislative Council yesterday. She argued that it goes overboard by giving instructions on how lawmakers should operate their personal social media accounts. Remember, they said you could have your social media, just turn it off and make it private and don't do any legislative business on there. Um, that's not really your business. But at the same time, it, it I guess it would save you from being sued. She also raised concerns about not having the option to moderate offensive or threatening social media comments. So what I think they need to do is they need to put some kind of ironclad policy that when you join or follow this page, that here are the rules. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, but it, you know, it can be done. Like I, like I said, yes, I know. Greg says it's hard to believe you've only blocked two. Well, but sometimes, you know, I'm not about. I don't care if people disagree with me. I do care if they get nasty about it and they get ugly and they attack people and they use language and they, do, you know, I, that's what I get concerned about. So, anyway, interesting piece of uh, information there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the safe thing to do is to have a personal private page and not a public one. Um, yeah. You know, what I would do is that I would create, instead of a personal... You can have different pages on Facebook. Instead of a page for the legislator, I would create a group for the legislator because there are rules that you can implement in that up front, and they have to sign off and say they agree. That's what I would do. And then, if somebody gets it, they get the boot. All right, we got to go. The Michael Luke Show. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right. Um, <clears throat> so is this the good news? Is this the good news? No, this is not the good news. This is this is not the good news. This is This is us trying to deal with people who... Us trying to deal with people. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kevin McCabe, previously mentioned in the latest discussion, the legislature and legislators have a duty to provide a safe workspace for our staff. Staff are not elected. So if someone goes after the staff via Facebook bullying or harassment, yeah, exactly. Um... When you look at the various pages, I mean, my page on uh, my page on uh, Facebook for the show is a standalone. I can't even remember what they call it. It's uh, you don't have to agree to anything when you follow the page, but the group pages, like if you become a member of the Common Sense Corps, you have to, and you want access to the private Facebook page for that. It's a group page. And so there are some rules that you have to agree to when you join the page. And if you don't agree with the rules, then you can't join the page. And if you violate the rules, you can get booted or banned or, or you know, put in jail, the Facebook jail or whatever. So if it was me, I would create a group page for, uh, for the legislature, for the legislator and his constituents. And I would leave it open and open to the public. Anybody can join, but they have to click the boxes to agree that, you know, no ad hominem, no threatening, no foul language, no, you know, whatever your concerns are. And then, 
you know, people get people get a warning. Okay, okay, Joe Bob, that's warning. That's your first and only warning for violation of the pages, you know, uh, terms of service or rules or ethics or whatever you want to call it. And uh, and and have a and have somebody you know be an administrator of it. And, uh, you know, like you said, you get the one and done warning. You get the one warning. That's it. That's your warning. Next time you get a, a weak, you know, block or you can't comment or we just kick you off the page, you know, because, you know, I I mean, here's a little bit of shocking news. There are people out there who are just trolls. Right. Right. They're just there are people out there who just they want to stir up trouble. That's all they want to do is they just want to watch people spin. And so sometimes they'll take opposing viewpoints within the same argument sometimes. I mean, I, I didn't mean to shock you, but that would be that would be that would be enough. Um, I know it's shocking to think that there are people out there who are just ass hats. <laughs> um, let me go back here and see uh, no way to comment would be like sitting there and spinning up a mental storm sometimes like to have a cartoon Tasmanian devil. Exactly. I mean, exactly. That would just be, I mean, here's a bulletin board. Nobody can comment on. Nobody's going to interact with. Nobody's going to, it's just to paste it there to be, you know, yeah, it's insane. I'm debating whether or not Harold will go to Facebook jail under my page. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Harold's still here. Uh, you know, he's still here. Um, but uh, Psst, trolls die if you don't feed them. Just saying. And I've been as guilty as anybody else, but I'm turning over a new leaf. Turning over a new leaf. All right. Uh, bridges crumbling, increase flooding like crazy, but good rain. All right. Okay, so it's all good. We're I'm caught up. I'm caught up on all the stuff. Uh, create a Friends of Kevin McCabe page with a private administrator. I mean, yeah, that could be it. Well, you know, it doesn't even have to be. It's just, you know, create a group page that is Kevin McCabe for District 37 or whatever it is now. Kev, you know, Kevin McCabe, Representative District 37. And it's a group page. It's not a page page. It's a group page. And then if they don't do it right, you boot them to the curb. I mean, you, you, you know, that's fair warning, fair warning. Here we go. Welcome back to the program. Uh, continuing now with our Thursday edition of the program. Uh, just finishing up, we were just talking about the new social media policy. So no clear answers to exactly what's going to uh, to happen here. The Legislative Council, which acts on behalf of the legislature as a whole, did not make a final decision on the new social media policy. But it is expected to finalize that at a later date. But they're still they're still working on it. 
And I know there's still troublemakers out there who are tearing things up and trying to, uh, you know, tie these legislators up in knots. I mean, when we become, uh, you know, when they're starting to use the litigious nature of our society as weapons against uh, some of the legislators, then, uh, you know, that's when things get rough. Um, when I retire, I can't wait to drop my social media. I'll have to find a new way to listen to you, Michael. Uh, well, it's easy to listen to me. Uh, you either pick up a radio in most places around the state, or you could use the TuneIn radio app, which is available on your phone right now. Just search up my name on the TuneIn radio app. Um, or you can just go over to my website and do it that I mean, one day when I get fabulously wealthy, <laughs> sorry, I will maybe build an app for the show and you can just download the app from the app store. I mean, that'll be simple and easy, right? That would be the easiest way to do it. Just download the app from the App Store and go listen to it. That's uh, that, that. But as for right now, you've got plenty of other ways that you could do that. And you can even listen to the show afterwards and, uh, and do it with the podcasts and all that. So it's simple, simple and easy. All right, what other news we got going on here uh, across the state of Alaska? Well, you know, if it doesn't rain, it pours. If it doesn't burn, it rains. If it doesn't rain and burn and pour, it's... Man, those people up in Clear having a rough, rough week uh, going on. Clear residents, uh, this is the headline from KTUU this morning. Clear residents go from fire evacuations to flood watch. <laughs> they traded fire evacuations for a flood watch as that weather system uh, across the state changed, but around the massive fires specifically changed really rapidly over the weekend. The Denali Borough issued updated fire evacuation notices, uh, which removed many nearby residents from the go status. It, it turned back from green go to back to the yellow. Um, the communities along Bear Creek, June Creek, Clear Anderson, and Clear Space Force Station are now at the ready level, which is the lowest level. Um, according to the latest uh, fire update from the BLM, the Clear Fire is at 70,000 acres, but it has been slowed by all this recent rainfall and it's uh, created an impact they said uh, clear fire has been mostly smoldering and creeping fuels they're currently less receptive to burn with all this rain the denali borough also issued a statement of property losses noting that one full-time residence seven cabins seven outbuildings and other equipment trails and building supplies burned up and clear uh, they said that fire is about 22 percent contained but the recent rainfall has prompted another another agency to issue a flood watch, the National Weather Service. Periods of heavy showers over the southeast interior Sunday and Monday dropped over an inch of rain. Another inch was expected late yesterday, and that will cause water to rise sharply in all rivers in the southeast interior. Uh, there were three to five inches of rain in the Black Rapids area. Uh, on the Richardson Highway, which caused a number of washouts. Another half inch to an inch of rain expected in the Alaska Range late yesterday, and uh, you could see flooding and landslide issues in the Denali National Park and more. So it's it's just a crazy thing. And, and by the way, across the whole state of Alaska, the latest, cord, the latest dashboard report, 271 active wildfires across the state, 17 of which are currently staffed by just over 1,300 personnel, and we are approaching 
2.3 million acres uh, burned. We're just at 2.9 million acres have burned so far. Um, and of course, uh, that that rain, which we love, let's not let's not complain. The rain, which we love, has caused a few problems, uh, especially like washing out an entire bridge on the Richardson Highway. There is now a 16-mile section of roads that are closed in the Black Rapids area south of Delta between Delta Junction and Valdez. Um, the new washout Tuesday uh, is at the uh, uh, Bear Creek, the bridge over Bear Creek. Um, plus, there was earlier damage as well. And now they're saying that this is going to be closed at least, at least through the weekend. Now, normally they get about 250 vehicles a day, upwards of 400 on the weekends. Um, crossing and driving this road from Fairbanks to Valdez, but uh, you ain't going to be able to do it. Uh, people can't go through. Now, you can um, you can uh, move uh, for Valdez dry, uh, travel. Drivers can detour around the closure by using the Toke Cutoff and the Alaska Highway. And then the Denali Highway, which intersects the Richardson south of the uh, closed area, also remains accessible. So you can go around. But uh, it is a it is a big big problem. They got pictures. The ADN's got a picture from an aerial view taken by Alieska, and uh, yeah, there's like a whole part. There's like a whole bridge gone. Like there's a little stub sticking out, and there's probably a you know ten car lengths of bridge that's just not there anymore. So yeah, it's gonna be um, it's it's gonna be a mess and. Uh, so all that rain contributed to some extra flooding and and whoosh and away you go, and so if you're planning on going to Valdez this weekend, you may want to uh, check that out on the DOT website before you travel, so you know which route that you need to take. That would be that would be my suggestion. Um, all right, so uh, that's uh, that's kind of all the Alaska news. I want to get into the good news. That's our next little thing here is the good news. The good news. That's the segment that I want to do. Um, and uh, I guess uh, I, I guess we'll start off there. Have you seen the new images from the brand new James Webb Space Telescope? Now, if you're a fan of space, like I am, um, the uh, th- this has been something that you have been absolutely waiting for. Looking at these uh, images, uh, we saw a lot of you know when when Hubble went up, there was a lot of images that came up, things we had never seen before, and they were extraordinary and amazing. Um, this next step with the James Webb telescope with full color images, spectroscopic data, and, uh, you know, just it's the next level. It is absolutely amazing. And it's the first time that we're going to be summing, seeing some of the shots of the universe with infrared, which is something that the Hubble can't do. Um, and they have taken some incredible pictures already that are out there in the public domain. If you've been watching uh, NASA and their releases on Twitter and the Facebook and, and uh, on their website, 
Uh, Webb has already booked the James Webb Telescope has already is is already booked for more than six thousand hours of research time across dozens of different projects by various astronomers to look at everything from high redshift quasars to exoplanets to asteroids in our own solar system. Um, this thing is absolutely amazing. And uh, I am so fascinated by looking out into the galaxy and into the universe and seeing the pictures, the raw beauty, the amazing things that are out there. Um, if you haven't gotten a chance to go see it yet, just go out and take a look at um, uh, and take a look uh, at uh, NASA's website for the uh, James. I don't even have the. I suppose I don't have the link. Here. Just Google NASA Webb Telescope photos. That's all you have to do. Go out there and take a look at that. It is absolutely astonishing the pictures of what our universe has to offer. Makes you feel, makes you feel a little small. I mean, not in a bad way. Just makes you feel humble when you look at that stuff and you realize that uh, it's a big, big place out there, and we're in one little tiny corner of it. Uh, some fascinating photos, though. The James Webb Telescope. The first images are up. Uh, and some of them are absolute, especially the ones that are really interesting to me. And uh, I don't remember where I saw them, but I saw them a couple days ago were the side-by-side -side comparisons of shots taken of the same area, um, by the Hubble telescope and then the Webb telescope and just the clarity and the differences it's night and day. It's like taking a fix. It's like taking a picture with your flip phone and then taking a picture with your brand new Samsung or iPhone. Just the difference in clarity and color and everything else. It's just, it's amazing to watch. So go check that out. That's your first piece of good news. I got another one here in a moment, but we are up against the, uh, we're up against the break. So we're going to be back. We're going to, we're going to jump into this and uh, we'll return. Don't forget, Mike uh, Shower is going to be up next with us. We're going to be talking uh, with him in just a few minutes. We will be back. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Oh, so. First segment of the good news in the bag. I just wanted to do something more fun. Well, it's dry and dusty work in here. Uh, keep hydrated. Dry and dusty work, I tell you. Um. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's what I got right now. Uh, all right. Let me go back to the other stories. <laughs> I don't know, feel a little froggy this morning, man. 
Just want to do the whole show in a different voice. Back in my day, this is what we had. No teeth. And, uh, something I forgot already. Um. Yeah, that's what I wanted right there. Okay. No, I don't want to read that news story. Oh, my gosh. So many, so many uh, stories that uh, just make me sad. Um. It gets tiring sometimes doing this kind of stuff. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It gets tiring. Um, all right. Yes, dazzling. It does take your mind somewhere looking at such. I mean, yeah, when I look at some of these pictures, you know, and we're so inured because of, you know, movies and, uh, you know, space science fiction and everything else, that sometimes you look at these things and you go, you know, um, you realize that is real. You look at this picture and you go, that's not science fiction. That's not computer generated. That is, wow, that's real. That's what, I mean, my my mind just kind of blows up when I go, that's what it is. It's, it is a scent. That is crazy. Um, anyone live in or around Delta will be at city park tonight, 7 PM for a meet and greet. Okay. I'll let every, we'll try and remind me to let everybody know when we get back on the air. We'll let everybody know. That is the dang, dang eat coffee. That is the dang, I don't, what is that? The dangy, is that the dangdest coffee mug I've ever seen? Is that what you're trying to say, Will, uh, Rick? I don't know what coffee mug you're talking about. Did I have, but I put a coffee mug up? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm confused. Oh, that's not a coffee mug. That's my my water bottle. Sorry. It's my water bottle with all the stickers and stuff on it. So, sorry, I was confused. I know, Jimmy. I didn't even watch it. Jimmy said the Uvalde shooter that got video now. I'm not even going to watch it. It's just, it's too, it just, it hurts my soul too much to watch. I just don't even, so many points of failure on that. So, yeah. Um, there's no reason for me to watch that. There's really no reason for, I mean, if that was my job, I'd watch it to figure it out, but I don't need to see that. How do you know it's all real? That we aren't living in a sim with the game players creating an illusion of space. That is the simulation theory. And, um, you know, I've pondered that from time to time, (laughs) you know? About the time you go to another city or something and you see a bunch of people who look vaguely familiar and you're like, is this all part of a, is this all part of a, did they run out of faces? Are they showing me faces that are similar to the one, I mean, you know, you know, have you ever had that thought? Like, that's weird. They look really familiar. And uh, yeah. How do you know? (laughs) You're in the matrix. I can't bend bullets around me, so I don't know, think that I am in the Matrix. I can't walk on walls and run. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's an interesting thought. Supposedly, everyone has a doppelganger somewhere. Oh, I've been told several times that I have a doppelganger somewhere. Um, brothers, cousins, uncles, they look just like you. You look just like them. Uh, it does happen. So you got to start to wonder, are you just an NPC in some big game where they're just regenerating your face on different people? I don't know. I just don't know. 
Oh, that's a deep, it's a deep and heavy thought. Um, all right. So, uh, Mike Shower is going to be joining us here in just a few moments for a shower hour of air power, um, where we might talk a little bit about politics, but, uh, overall we're going to be, uh, overall we're going to just be kind of footloose and fancy freeze. Um, what angers you more? The cop using hand sanitizer to prevent COVID or the officer staring at his Punisher background while kids are getting blasted? Yeah. No. I mean, that's, that's the thing that irritates me. It's a little bit of, uh, a little bit of frustration. Uh, all right. We're 30 seconds out. Uh, please like and share the show. Like and follow the show page. Do all the youtube stuff on YouTube and uh, on Twitch. Just hang out for the ride. How about that? Just hang out for the ride. That's the sign. Time to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's let's do this. All right, uh, one final segment before we run the clock out for this morning, and we're going to open up the phone lines as well for this final segment. Uh, I'm trying something new out. I'm trying something new out. And this is a continuation of the good news. That's right, good news stories from across the state of Alaska uh, and around the country and around the world. Um, so the second story today for the, um, uh, the, uh, the second story today for the good news is, uh, takes place right here in Alaska. Um, Harold Stabbard knew he had a problem when the pumps couldn't keep up with the water pouring into his 37 foot commercial fishing uh, vessel, um, uh, it, which is named Miss Amy. The 63-year-old retired Alaska State Trooper commander couldn't know he was about to spend 45 minutes in the sea fighting to stay afloat before a relative uh, and two Good Samaritan vehicles in the U.S. Coast Guard intervened to help him survive. Starbard was uh, power trolling for King Salmon during the commercial fishing open on Monday with his 13-year-old grandson and his nephew aboard, 35-year-old nephew. And they were about three miles off the coast of West uh, Chigakoff Island. It was the first day that the Miss Amy had been out all summer. And then they got the high water alarm. Um, within three to four minutes, he'd issued a mayday call on the VHF and uh, and told everybody else to haul up the fishing gear and um, tried to power the Miss Amy for the Cirrus, a salmon tender, which was some uh, ways off toward shore. And... Uh, it was uh, it was it was hard. The U.S. Coast Guard watchstanders picked up the report that the Miss Amy was taking on water near Porcupine Rock. They issued an urgent marine broadcast and directed the launch of a helicopter. The uh, Cirrus and other vessels, the power troller Lucky Strike, responded to the area. Uh, it was the Cirrus that Starbird was making for as his boat took on water. 
He sped up, dragging gear after the hydraulics uh, to raise it went down to get closer to the tender. And uh, when they came alongside, the water was halfway up the engines and the boat was listing as it filled even faster. Um, Stabbard's uh, nephew and grandson made the jump and got uh, and got uh, got into the tender, but uh, Starbird he missed and plunged into the uh, into the ocean. Uh, someone threw a ring, but uh, they couldn't get him. They couldn't pull him up. He was growing exhausted and hyperthermic. And uh, the lucky strike came along alongside. Someone tossed a line in the water, and then somebody jumped in and got the line around uh, around him. It was uh, it was uh, his nephew, and uh, his nephew jumped in, and uh, Chris Larson swam over to him, got the line around him, got him pulled up, and they are your hero. So, kind of a cool little story. Everybody made it out. Man, it's the good news. That's what I like to hear. I mean, you lost your boat, bummer, but everybody made it out alive. And if you've ever dunked yourself in the uh, in the uh, <laughs> frigid Alaskan Gulf waters, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't take too long before your brain just kind of, you know, skims over and you can't hardly think anymore. I do have one more good whole, good news story, but let's go to the phones first to see what you have to say. And we'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Fairbanks, Alaska. All right. Hey, uh, I got a good news here. A different look on the word positive. Okay. Actually, the opposite. The opposite of that is not negative. It's normative, and normative means change, and positive would mean the way things are. In economics, you have a term called positive economics, dealing with the way things. Are in normative economics as things should be, and that's a well documented, well researched, long history, and it uh, began with a John Neville Keynes, not John Maynard. That was his father. John Neville was the father of John Maynard Keynes, and uh, he should look that up and. Uh, let me talk to uh, Chris Story about it. Okay. So not positive, but you're saying normative is the opposite of negative. Um, okay. No, no. Normative is, it, normative is the opposite of positive, and negative is not the opposite of positive. Uh, interesting. I mean, uh, but wouldn't you say that it's negative? I mean, negativity. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I guess we shouldn't get into a semantical argument over the, I guess the meaning of words. It's generally type, understood, right? Type in, type in positive economics and hit well, search. But, okay. I mean, I get you, but we're not talking about economics. We're talking about positive views or news or feels or, you know, it's positive and negative. I mean, uh, we could, you know, we're, we could break it down into the uh, economics and talk about other things, but uh, um, I guess it's positive news and negative. It's good news and bad news. It was the good news, so it's the bad news, I guess, is the uh, – and maybe you're right. Maybe it's the normative news. Maybe the normative news is, uh, is the unchanging news. But uh, anyway, we're only focused on the good news right now, uh, you know. That's uh, that's that's the bottom line. The the good news. All right, final story for the good news segment for today. And again, the phone lines are open if you want to call in and and uh, 
and say something that's not having to do with positive, negative, normative, whatever. Um, another here's the other story out of uh, Smart uh, Fort Smith. Um, uh, this is Fort Smith, Arkansas, uh, is where this is out of. Um, cats are known for getting themselves stuck in all manner of places. But for the staff at the Fort Smith Animal Haven, an ATM was the first. Uh, a gray tabby cat had to be withdrawn from an ATM by the Fort Smith Fire Department in Arkansas after somebody probably heard a meow inside of the machine. After arriving at the shelter, the new tabby named Cash... Oh, baby. Uh, surprised everyone with this story. Um, according to uh, according to them, we're just the according to the shelter, the cat was probably just trying to find a shade and somehow made its way up inside the ATM. Um, and she uh, the vet tech said that this was her first time experiencing uh, with a cat getting stuck in the ATM. She said, you know, I never thought that somebody would be able to go up and make a withdrawal and get a cat out instead of cash. So now we have both. Uh, the tabby was hungry and cranky and definitely needed a bath. And, of course, a name and cash was pretty obvious. After a week or so, the kitten made a full recovery and is getting up to a healthy weight before he can receive his vaccinations and socialize. And uh, no doubt Cash will be a popular withdrawal from the foster home after his story made headlines. Uh, but the shelter says that there are plenty of other loving animals in the need home uh, that need homes as well. And uh, they're recommending sending people to their adoption program website. So <laughs> there was a recent there was another recent report of another gray tabby cat getting stuck inside of a Pepsi vending machine outside of a Walmart proving that there's virtually no machinery too enclosed for a cat to infiltrate. So, it was withdrawn. It's a withdrawn. They withdrew. What'd you withdraw from the thing? Cash. I withdrew cash. And he was really, he was really angry. <laughs> oh, man. That's a, but it's a good news story. Good news story for today. And that, my friends is the good news. So there you go. That's the good news. I'm going to do that a couple times a week just because, you know, why not? It feels, it, it, it's fun. It's, you know, does it change your life? Does it make a difference? Does it, is there, is there anything you can do? No? Well, good. Then it's just like all the other news stories that we all get so wrapped up about. You know, that was it. Yes. So when the cat got into the ATM, that was a cash deposit. That was a cash deposit. And if you and if you stole cash out of the ATM, it would be a felony. A felony. Uh, <laughs> or at least it should give you pause. Um, <laughs> oh, man. That is uh, the puns will now commence. Uh, no more caterwauling from you guys. All right. We're going to, we're going to do it. It's going to be fun stuff. So that's the good news for today. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to be talking with, uh, Mike Shower, uh, state Senator from district E soon to be district, uh, O, I think, uh, and everything else. Um, it is a, it is a fun, fun, uh, fun, fun show on tomorrow's program. 
we're going to be talking with uh, Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine, and he's going to come on and talk to us about the reactions on a state-by-state basis to the new SCOTUS decisions on um, uh, the SCOTUS decisions on the gun rights issue in New York and how that has affected many other states and how have they been dealing with it? And are they listening to the Supreme Court or are they going their own ways and setting themselves up for a whole new batch of um, lawsuits? So we're going to talk about that tomorrow on Firearms Friday. It's going to be fun. Fun stuff. All right. uh, Back with more. State Senator Mike Schauer, The Michael Duke Show. If you have to go and get into work, be kind, love one another, have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow. Otherwise, we'll be back with more in just a moment on your home for Common Sense Radio. Okay, sorry, I got stuff falling down around me all over the place here. Okay, I'm with Brian, I had a hard time getting up this morning. I actually even slept in a little bit and I still had a heck of a time trying to get up. Um... My brain. Wait, my brain is not used to laughing so early. That was some good stuff. I mean, uh, that was uh, that was some good stuff right there. Feline-y. Um Class B. Class C. Uh, it, it'll be fun to hear about the cute little twin-engine jet that Dozer flies, <laughs> says Kevin McCabe. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun stuff. All right. Uh, good news. Local fire danger drops. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's beautiful, isn't it? Give us the rain. We need that. We need that rain. Um, what is this here? I got to look at, I'm trying to, I'm looking at two different screens here. Um, too much, too much, too much. What is this post here? Kevin, what'd you drop to me here in the, uh, in the face of uh, the best dreams happen when you're awake. Oh, dang. That's a nice, uh, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful picture. Um, that's a, that's an awesome, that's an awesome picture. Uh, they've got a picture, uh, the best dreams happen when you're awake. That is a, uh, that's a pretty fantastic photo. Can I share it? Can I show it to you? I think I'm, I think I'm, well, I'm allowed to show it to you, but can I, do I have the technology to show it to you? Uh, I do have the technology to show it to you. Here's what, uh, Kevin posted in the chat room. For those of you who didn't go over and take a look at that, that's a pretty, that's a pretty cool photo. That's a pretty cool photo, man. That is pretty cool. That's Kodiak. That's the Coast Guard station on Kodiak. That is some pretty cool stuff. Uh, all right. So I'm going back and looking through some of this stuff. Um, all right. We're back to the doppelganger. 
comment. It's the Sims. I missed that comment. Bill Brock says, because we were talking about whether or not this was the whole, you know, the the simulation hypothesis, you know, are we living in a simulation? Are we just tokens on a board kind of thing? And Bill Brock says, this is the Sims, the a-hole edition. (laughs) Oh, man. Is that not, is that not the truth? Uh, um, the Guardian. That was the Coast Guard. Yeah, that was the Coast Guard movie. Um, uh, to, so good news. Local fire danger drops, right? Okay. Um, very cool. That was an awesome photo. Um, thanks for guiding me to my location the other night. Oh, I think always Jen was talking to her. Uh, Melly was talking to somebody else. All right, we're in the top of the hour. Shelly uh, Shoup said, I'm late to the party. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, okay, Mike Shower. Anchorage SWAT call out. Uh, yeah. Called out the SWAT last night in Muldoon. <clears throat> well, um, let's see. Let's get, uh, I guess we'll get Mike. I guess we'll get Mike ready to go. We might as well just get on the stick and get him ready to appear. Hi, you reached Mike Shower, Senator for District E. Please. Well, that didn't work, did it? All right. Well, we'll hope that he calls in here uh, uh, in just a second. All right. Uh, what else you guys got going on here this morning? What else are you uh, talking about? Um, 2022? Might need to extend the couch club? What are you... I hate it when somebody comments on... And I don't hate it when you comment. But I hate it when I go back and there's a comment and I can't figure out what the comment was in reference to. It's just a personal thing. It's it's just like one of those things that, dang, did I miss something? Did I misspeak or did I say something that uh, I don't understand? Uh, what what did I miss? Might need to extend the couch club. Uh, Tawny was saying something about 2022, and I'm not I'm not exactly sure what that what she was. I don't know. Again. It's a personal pet peeve. It just bugs me. I want to be able to understand what the comment is and what the what the relationship is and everything else. Um, all right. Uh, me and Michael Duke show, it's one of the ways that we mess with you, says Brian. <laughs> it's one of the ways we mess with you. We just put random comments in there that you'll find five minutes later and you'll be like, what was that about? I don't know, but it's going to bug me until I figure it out. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, someone in a bright blue Ford Ranger drove around the DOT barricade the other day and tried to cross the bridge that isn't there. Literally fell into the giant hole. Someone is in line for a Darwin Award. <laughs> I mean, when you see the sign that says road closed, bridge out, and you're like, I got this. And you just, you know, drive around it and head to the other side. That might be, a you know... That might be your sign that you need to, you know, move, 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 move over and give somebody else the wheel. 
All right, we're going to jump back into this. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. in its holster we haven't gone anywhere i don't understand check out the michaeldukeshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast welcome to the party pal the, the michael dukes show the greed and the entitlement is astounding to me what more could you want from a low-budget radio program this is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is The Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live each and every day. And uh, we are enjoying, uh, we are enjoying uh, a little bit of good news today. Um, I, I put together a segment uh, on the show uh, today for the first time that I was calling the good news. And I got to be honest with you, I think it was an unmitigated success because um, I was smiling and laughing uh, hard enough to bring a little moisture to the edge of my eyes. It was so funny. Uh, And then I made the mistake of sharing one of my pet peeves with the listeners in the chat room during the break. And now they're all torturing me Uh, because because I told them one of my pet peeves. Oh, man. Welcome to Hour 2. All right. So today, uh, on the schedule, according to my text message with uh, State Senator Schauer uh, from yesterday, he's going to be calling in this morning, and uh, uh, I haven't heard from him yet. But fingers crossed it all works out. And if it doesn't, oh, well. Oh, well. It is. It is what it is. But in the meanwhile, I'll tell you what. Let's open up the phone lines for just any topic is fair game, open line, open form. How about that? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive. I feel, again, I like that. I like that good news story. I got to, it took a little, uh, here's the, you know what the worst part of this whole thing is? Here's the bad news about the good news. The bad news is, is you got to work to find those stories. They're out there, but they're more few and far between than you would like to hear. They are, they are, yep, they're, they're not as easy. You could turn on, like I said, you could turn Drudge up and find enough bad news headlines that you want to jump in front of a train in about, you know, 30 seconds of reading them. But to go out and find some feel good, good news stories, it's a little tougher. It's a little tougher. It takes a little more time, but uh, worth it, worth it. Some fun stuff. I uh, had a lot of folks uh, laughing along in the chat room and enjoying themselves, and uh, it's 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 fun stuff. So, 
Anyway, we're going to open up the phone lines this morning for uh, any topic that you may want to discuss. The uh, number to call, 907-433-3150, to call in and chat about any topic that we want to uh, uh, uh that we want to chat. I don't even care because we're just we're just waiting to hear from State Senator Shower, who should be joining us here. Fingers crossed. Shortly. I mean, we just had this text message conversation yesterday at like noon uh, yesterday, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not positive. I'm positive. 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 Um. All right. Uh, what else? Do we have anything else that I, I think I, I think I burned up all my good news stuff on, uh, on, uh, on the, on the good news segment. I don't have any other things waiting in the wings, uh, other than I hope that you have, um, um, I hope that you have, uh, started on your honeydew list for the summer because, um, Oh, it's so mean to do this, but I will remind you that we are a mere, you know, 14 weeks away from the the white stuff again. And so you may want to, you know, you you may want to be prepared. I personally spent the last weekend getting things ready, and, and that's how I do things. I kind of procrastinate a little bit until I get it all done in one big weekend. Uh, and we spent all last weekend cleaning out around the house and, uh, paying some, I paid some guy to come out and here, you take all this stuff away, take it all. It's trash and it's, it's good stuff and it's trash and it's everything you put here, here's some money, take it. And so, um, that's all taken care of. We're getting prepped for winter. And, uh, I know that was not good news. I didn't mean to harsh your buzz. Uh, everybody's like, I'm so excited about the good news. And then you said snow in 14 weeks. I, you know. Winter is coming. It is what it is. Um, but uh, it's, it, you know, you got you to gotta still be grounded in your good news. Um, but, the, well, except for Bill. Bill is all excited about the good news because he wants to get back on his snow machine. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah, yuck, snow. Why do we live in Alaska if we dislike the snow? I, you know... I will say that one of the things that I did discover in moving down south from uh, uh, moving down south from the interior is that I don't mind the snow too much. What I really dislike is the sub-zero temperatures, like a lot. <laughs> when I when I'm down here, and it took me a year or two to acclimatize, but. Then the first time I went back to Fairbanks and it was 20 below, I'm like, why? Why did I live here for so long in the just the miserable kind of 20? Some people love it. Some people love it and more power to them. Um, I am just happy that, uh, you know, cold down where I live now is about five degrees. That's cold. The, uh, you know, and that last winter when we lived there in the interior, um, that last winter in the interior, uh, it was brutal. It was like 57 below for three weeks straight. It was like 57 below or colder for almost three weeks solid. And at that point, you're just like, 
questioning your will to live. Like, why? Why do I even, why? Why? It just doesn't even matter. Um, and uh, so uh, I am happy that I, that I, you know, we do deal with winners down here. But first of all, winners come here a little later and they leave a little earlier and we get more daylight and everything else. So that's why Alaska is so big, so that you could... Enjoy the best part of the state of where you want to be. If you enjoy the cold and the dark and the and everything else, uh, then Fairbanks is your place to be. If you enjoy, you know, a little bit more median temperatures, you can come down here to the valley or to Anchorage. And if you enjoy much warmer temperatures, but, you know, kind of that cold feel on the ocean, then you go down to the peninsula. So, you know, that is... Uh, that is that is the that's the why it's so beautiful to live here in Alaska, because you could be across the whole you know the different biomes or the different you know the different uh, 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 areas across the state, giving each of us a different flavor of winter, and you know the deep winter up in the north. You guys can hold on to that for you up there. It's oh it's so brutal. I mean, I love Fairbanks. I love the people. Uh, loved the summers and the springs and the falls. Hated the winter. By the end, by the time I left, I was so done with that. It was just because I'd wake up at five. You know, I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning, put my hand on the heat register to make sure the furnace was still running because I was always worried about it. I mean that that was, you know, because one year our furnace blew up, right? And the furnace was inside the house, and then we moved the furnace out to the detached garage and everything else. And so then I couldn't hear it running and then it became an even bigger problem. And then, you know, it was just like one of those things like it, 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 it preys on your mind after a while. And I was just, I was happy to not have to worry about it as much coming down here. Plus we get again, more daylight, warmer temperatures, everything else. All right. Well, um, let's, uh, I guess we'll attempt this one more time to see, because Mike Shower is supposed to be joining us, and we'll see if we can get him on the phone, just to see if, uh, no, he may have been called into work and forgot to tell me, because his phone is just going straight to voicemail, it says forwarded to voicemail, so it's, it's good. Yeah, it's not bad in Fairbanks in the dead of winter, as long as you don't have to go outside. Unfortunately, most of us have to work, you know. And, and I didn't have a garage. My favorite thing was to climb into my rig and, uh, and start the car at, uh, you know, at, at 60 below. Of course, they're all plugged in and you got them on timers for, to auto start on top of that. I would always set my auto start to, to start every 90 minutes and run for 15 minutes, even when it was plugged in because 57 below. But then you get in the car, you know, you get up, you fire it up, you let it warm up, you let it get some heat in it, you climb in it, and you start backing up, and then you hit on the paved road, and it's like that, 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 because there's a flat spot on the tire from where it was frozen until the tire warms up with friction. And then, but that first mile is that, 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 it's changing a tire at 40 below, been there, done that. Oh, man. I again, I love the people in Fairbanks. I love the people. The area is beautiful in certain ways. But, uh, nope, <laughs> nope, I don't think there's enough money in the world. Uh, you know, I don't think there's enough money in the world to, uh, to do that. Um, uh, I, I want to move further South. I want to move down onto the peninsula rather than move anywhere near the North. All right. Well, <clears throat> we're coming up on the break. Uh, nobody called in. I can't get a hold of Mike shower. Uh, the show went off the rails this morning, but that's okay. Because I got the good news in, and it was fun. 
and uh, it put a smile on my face, which uh, which uh, I, I think if I put a smile on my face, I'm hoping it put a smile on yours. Uh, look forward to having that segment at least a couple times a week uh, as we move forward. Again, as I mentioned earlier, coming up tomorrow on the program, which is Firearms Friday, we'll, we, we, will, we, will, we will be joined by Jacob Solemn from Reason Magazine, who's going to come in and talk about the latest decisions from the Supreme Court of the United States on the New York um, uh, on the New York May issue concealed carry laws and how they declared them unconstitutional and what the reaction has been uh, because the Supreme Court mentioned in its opinion that there are six states that follow the same um, basic guideline for their um, for their uh, concealed carry permit scheme and how they're basically all unconstitutional now. Uh, we'll have to see what these other states are doing. Jacob Sullivan has written actually a couple ones. I saw an update yesterday afternoon on a story. Uh, but he's going to come on board tomorrow with us to discuss it. And Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, Season 4, will be with us. And Willie Waffle. Tomorrow's going to be a full show. Tomorrow's going to be busy. We're going to have a good time and enjoy ourselves. So don't, uh, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Starting at 6 a.m. All right, The Michael Duke Show continues with more. Maybe Mike Shower, maybe just your phone calls, maybe just me blathering on about whatever. We'll see what you have to... I don't want to go back into politics because now I'll, like, harsh my popular, my positivity buzz. We'll see what goes on. All right, we're going to be back with more. Don't go anywhere. Common Sense Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, fine. Um, all right. Um... Did you forget me? Question mark. Did you forget me? I tell you, I think he done did forgot us over here. Yep, I think you're right. Uh, All the voices in my head. I can't decide which one to listen to. I think you're right. I think you forgot. Done did God forgot about us. Uh, can we ask if Dunleavy is going to release an early PFD? Well, I had speculated earlier that potentially um, Dunleavy would release the PFD early in an attempt to get some of that cash into Alaskans' hands before the fall. That was my initial thought. Because... Um, because he had done so previously, at, you know, in that first year of COVID, as a way to get some of the money into people's hands, and uh, and so my first thought was that he may release the PFD in July as he did before, and he even kind of hinted at a potential for something like that 
But here we are on the 14th of, of July and not a word. So I think at this point, probably not going to release an early PFD. And they can't split it up because the PFD and the energy rebate are all tied together. So it's not like they could do one and then the other. Um, I think it might have been a good idea to do it before uh, the fall. Um, but also maybe he's holding that for the final push to election day, right? Don't forget who gave you your PFD. I, I don't know. I have no idea at this point. Uh, speaking of which, uh, let's uh, let's go over to the phones and see what's going on over there. Hello. Did you forget me? Um, I will remind you, sir. Yeah. That I was scheduled yesterday. No, no, no. It's no complaint. You, I'm not. You, com- sir, put somebody else on. So, you know, this is a bonus for you right now. Let's be clear. It's, wow. Wow. That got that got intense for just a second. No complaints. No complaints. I'm just. You know, what is this? Did you forget me? What is that? Did you, you forgot me? I. Well, no, because I thought you were off for two weeks. So I, was, I, 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 no, 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 no. Okay. Every right. two weeks, right. supposed to be on the schedule. Right. You yeah. promised me you would set the alarm, Dang. and you would know every other week. Dang, I was there. I'm feeling left out. Just saying. That's you know, you, you don't get to go counteroffensive. My gosh, works. somebody's a little saucy this morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how's it going, my friend? What What are you doing? Oh, you know, just. Spending time having to campaign and raise money and, uh, you know, do all that silly stuff. Because, all the stuff you, you thought know, you weren't going to have to do. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Instead of focusing on the chessboard. Now, anyways, whatever. <laughs> that stuff. Well, yes. I, I heard your um, I heard your meet and greet the other night turned out really well. That's what that was the word on the street was. Yeah, it actually went really well. I, I We've never had that many people and. Our host was like, yeah, we had another one here, and we stopped counting at 75, and this seems to be that bigger, bigger, and um, it was a Monday night, and the, the really cool thing, more than anything, because you get a lot of the same people, we always talk about that, there's probably about a dozen people there I'd never seen before, and uh, they showed right. up, and one guy came up and said, well, you know, nice to meet you, where are you from? He's like, I just actually heard about this online, and I just wanted to come check it out. I'm like, all right, that doesn't happen very often, pretty cool. Right, so. somebody's actually motivated to do something by something they heard online. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, wait, wait, no tacos for me? I know. Well, he was he promised to bring tacos, and now he didn't bring tacos either. So I'm a little upset about it. But uh, Mike Shower, our guest. That was Rubio, wasn't it? Rubio put that out. I saw he had a picture of a taco. He said his new his new something. I was actually it was actually pretty well played. I know. I did. Yeah, I didn't see that, but that's that's funny stuff. Um, all right. Well, we're about 25 seconds out. Um, we can uh, hit on anything you want to talk about politically, and then we could slip into something a little more comfortable. Um, and uh, we'll we'll do that. So hold the line for a second, Mike. We'll be right back to you. Mike Shower, our guest, The Michael Duke Show. Common sense. See, nobody wanted to hear me bloviate for the next 40 minutes. This is why somebody called Mike and told him to call me. That was, I'm sure that's what the story is. Here we go. Let's do it. Okay, 
Surprise! Guess what? Uh, he remembered, and he reminded me that he was doing me a favor by joining me because I had snubbed him yesterday for Kelly Shibaka, and he is 100% right. I was 100% in the wrong. He is he is very gracious for showing up on the program this morning, and I appreciate him even though he was late. Mike Shower, uh, hey. <laughs> you just had to slide that in there, didn't you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, there was late. It's just fault, so I'm not. I'm not it's, it's okay. <laughs> sure. Hello, my friend. How are you today? How are things going? I mean, uh, election season. Uh, you were uh, you were expecting to be working on the con con this whole time, but instead now you're got to be working on other stuff. Uh, hey, what's 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 going on? Yes, it is. Uh, I was hoping to be able to focus on the constitutional convention, and I was hoping to be able to do a little more on the chess pieces on the board because there are some really important races like Roger Hollins, so we don't get Diesel back and. You know, some other people that are running that are new. So uh, I was hoping to be able to do that. But that's life. That's politics. The way it goes. Some people want that seat no matter what. So, you know, you have to do what you have to do, I guess. But that is the reality. So now we are fundraising and campaigning as much as I don't like that stuff. And, uh, you know, having to go out and tell people what you did because some people are saying I didn't. And, you know, find yourself doing all that silly stuff. That season again, still trying to work. Yeah, yeah, all still trying, huh? still trying to work and do all that other stuff and campaign on top of it and all that you know oh, and all that other jazz and it was so much focus. Yeah, <laughs> again, we always do our movie quotes, right? Remember Stripes? Yeah, yeah. After yeah. they got busted at the the <laughs> bar downtown, you know, and he's like, "I'm going to recommend to the battalion commander that this entire platoon redo basic training." And the guy's like, "I can't do this again." Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I can't do this again. Uh, I can't do this again, man. uh, I feel like that guy, like, oh, he just recommended I do the entire basic training over again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a sad. Been a long time since I watched that. Blowed up, sir. Um, Yeah. No, I can't wait to. I'm going to have to go back and watch that again here recently. Um, Well, good. Well, I mean, I'm glad you're on the trail. I know you had a very successful. fundraiser on monday um and uh because i heard i also i didn't wasn't able to attend but i heard good things about it and so uh uh it looks like you've got a good kickoff and i think you've got a lot of good support out there for folks who know what you're getting done uh what's your what are your constituents telling you so far now that you've had to go out there and press the flesh and, and talk with them and stuff well i mean everybody i'm talking to is positive i you know the fundraiser kickoff thing you know was was good um, it had more people than I thought on a Monday night. You always wonder, you know, everybody's tired. Economy's been struggling. Yeah, you know, who's going to really show up? And, um, you know, the host was really nice and uh, a really cool place and said, hey, we had one here for another, uh, you know, Valley legislator. And we stopped counting at 75. And this looks to be at least that big. And everything was full, including people out in the deck. So we were pretty happy about that. And uh, I was telling you on the break there when I popped in, they had a uh, well, the really cool thing about it was that, you know, you see a lot of the same people over and over again, but there's probably about a dozen or so people there I had not met. And I thought that was maybe the coolest part was that, hey, new right. people are showing up. We're even seeing that at some of the other events where you're right. seeing um, new faces show up. People are getting engaged. They're concerned. They're involved. That is a good sign to me that um, more people are showing up that I have not seen in the whole five years I've been doing this in the Valley um, to see new faces and new people. We're seeing at the town halls, too. 
seeing some new candidates pop up. Um, while I was in the middle of our fundraiser, we had right. uh, the thing. There was a couple, you know, we had like, uh, you know, Begich and uh, McCabe and uh, Holland and a few people showed up, a couple, you know, folks. Which I don't want to not forget anybody. I'm just kind of off the top of my head. But, you know, one of them, some gal that is new has just in the last year, a couple of years, real recent, has stepped up and doing some stuff in the Republican Women's Club. They're uh, one of the two clubs up in the Valley. And she's like, I'm just going to announce right now my candidacy for school board. And we're like, everybody's like, yay. You know, I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, somebody that's never done anything just decides, you know what, I'm in because something, right. you know, we need to make a difference and there's some openings and I'm getting some feedback from people across the, the state. Different legislators have reached out, or legislators, candidates. Hey, Mike, tell me about this. What about the binding caucus? What about this? What about that? And I'm like, cool. So that's been awesome because you're seeing new people, new blood step up and want to get involved. And whether they're doing that or just showing up at a fundraiser and, you know, it's just, I don't know, that, that part's been really cool, Mike, to watch. Right. Well, no, I mean, and, you know, the 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 momentum of something like that, when something happens and then more people get excited and more people get involved, that that coercive momentum kind of kicks in where people are like, I want to be part of it. I want to be part of that esprit de corps. I want to be part of that, 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 you know, making a difference. And that's good. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, and that's some, that's some good stuff. So I'm glad that, uh, uh, everything seems to be moving forward. Um, and are now, are you doing any big events or anything other than your fundraiser on Monday? What else you got planned? We got it. We're going to do something as far as we can get it, you know, cause I, it's fun. It's funny. You're asking what, what constituents are saying and, and hearing it. And pretty much everybody I'm talking to is positive, appreciative of the stuff we have done or tried to do. Right. And, so, you know, you have to counter some of the negative messages because I've realized that what is going to happen is I'm going to get the smear campaign against me. I'm already seeing it because there's nothing to be said against, you know, the things I'm trying to but do. Wait, 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 wait. I heard that this was going to be a clean campaign. That's yeah, what I, yeah. Heard. I, heard, I heard that, too, my <laughs> friend. Apparently, that's not the case. <laughs> um, but, you know, hey, that's what it is. That's fine. People can do that. I'm not going to do that. I've tried to say I'm going to keep it clean. That's not what I'm going to focus on, Mike. This, is, this shouldn't be about you know, uh, tearing each other down, that kind of stuff. This should be about policy. This should be about positions. And that's what I'm going to focus on because that's where, that's where I focused on the whole time. This, you know, and, and the only time I've had to take that on is, you know, for example, when Giesel was punishing all of us and for not doing what we were told, right? I mean, you know, sometimes you got to take a person on or some people or a binding caucus or whatever, but you know, what we should really be discussing at this time you know, when you're in campaign season and we're looking at who we're going to send back that's going to have power over us to make laws and, and do things, we should be talking about positions, policies, right. and that's where I'm going to stay focused. So I've had some stuff happen the last few weeks, you know, and so I'll tie one in. I mean, former Mayor Wasilla, you know, was going around telling people literally because I had half a dozen people tell me that, yeah, he's coming up and telling us, Mike, is it true? You, you've never been to Valdez and you've never you, you don't care about it and it's too small for you. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, he just told us. To, this was one just told us like today. He just told us today. You've never been there. Is that true? I'm like, wow, really? We're going to do this? <laughs> wow. I'm like, all right, so let me tell you what happened. In 2018, we were there four times. And that's, you know, it's like a six-hour drive. It's a lot to get there. Right, that's right, right, right. I said it was way over there. And I said I went there four times in 2018, including in their parade on Gold Rush Days and went there and had a 10, you know, but never been there, you know, only four times that year. 2019, we went there three times, had town halls, the full one inside the LIO there. So, but, you know, hey, I guess it's not important to me. Now, I will say, fair enough, 2020, we didn't go anywhere. Why not? Because nobody would talk to you because it was COVID and everybody was afraid. So 2020 was a wash. We did go back in 21, but 
um, nobody still wanted to meet because the Delta variant was out, right? Everybody was still afraid. Right, so, right, you know, right. We talked to some, a few people, but we didn't do much. Well, now we're back to 2022 and everybody wants to have you again. So you're seeing these kind of things again here. We, you know, we do a good job of tearing each other apart for the Democrats. <laughs> we don't, <laughs> we do their work for them, but well, uh, I'm like, come on guys, God, let's not do this. Let's I was thinking about this. Focus. I was thinking about this the other day, Mike, it's almost like there are, there's almost like there's three parties, right? There's the conservatives uh, and the smaller government people and the Republicans. And then there's the business as usual crowd, the Geisels, the Stedmans, the people like that. And then there's the Democrats. And the, and, the, and the moderate people have got no problem trying to tear apart anybody else as long as they remain in power, it seems like. So this analogy that we've been using of circling the wagons and shooting inward – I mean, I think at some point you got to acknowledge that it's intentional and these guys are just working within the party to be a third party at that point. I just, you know, that's my take on it anyway. I've been thinking about this the last couple yeah. of days. You know, no, you're not necessarily wrong. I mean, it, if people want the seat, they want the power, the prestige, the title. I mean, it's clear to me that's what's happening here, but it happens. Um, you know, some people, that's what they've always wanted to be a politician, you know, hear that. <laughs> um, can't wait to have that. I don't know why. That's crazy to me, but. Um, you know, for a lot of people, and think about it, Mike, we have been changing people out. That's been a positive. I'm, I'm a fan of that, right? Of not having people that sit there for 20 or 30 years. But there's only four that have been there since 2005. Everybody else has changed hands in the legislature. So that's, you know, the people are doing a good job of changing them in the last six, seven, eight years. I'd have to look at the numbers. Probably the better part of, well, well over half. You know, maybe almost right. two thirds of the legislature has changed hands. So that's a good thing. The people are not leaving the same people in office anymore forever. There's a couple of the old guard that are there, but they come from districts that are just going to keep sending them back until, you know, they can't. Right. Know? It's, and so there's there's a few out there. Unfortunately, those few end up holding inordinate amounts of power because everybody defers to them. And that's a bit of a problem. I've never been a fan of that. I could, you know, people talk about term limits and some people hate them. Some people love them. But the Matsu just passed. You saw that, you know, uh, right, term, you saw the term, term limits, limits yeah. Yeah. for the borough. And I think that's a great idea to force people to not be politicians forever. But that's a whole nother battle and a tough one to, you know, climb. Right. Because unless a citizen, you know, initiative is started, you're never going to get some of these legislators that want to be there forever to right. bow out. But then you look at this year and you're like, whoa. I mean, this was like a clean sweep. I mean, some legislators just self-eliminated. This was yeah, like no. this is like SEAL training, and they're up there ringing the bell, ding, ding, ding. I'm yeah. out. I mean, what, 10? 11, like, wow. 11 have decided not to rerun for their original seats, yeah. That's just uh, a big, you know, that's a big change. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Um, well, let's talk about the issues here. we got about four or five minutes. Let's talk about uh, some of the issues, you know, you were just saying with policies and things like that. What is Mike Shower running on? I mean, what are you going out there when you're talking to people? What is the... What is the primary thing? Are we talking about a full PFD? Are we talking about, um, you know, are we talking about uh, a balanced budget, a constitutional amendment for a spending cap? What are the things that are important, uh, first and foremost? What are you hearing? Well, I'll tell you, Mike, for you and I, and you know, and the, and the crowd on this radio show, your show knows, we've talked relentlessly about these things for years. You've had your charter changes forever. Nothing has changed for me. There is one thing I'm cautious of regarding um, how we're going to organize and do things because I'm hearing people like a former house member down Eagle river Sadler, who I just found out in the last couple of days, I've had a couple candidates reaching out to me saying, Hey, this, this guy Sadler is coming out saying, man, he's trying to tell other people that are running, gotta have binding caucus, man. He says, it's the only way it's ever going to work. I'm like, 
Oh boy, here we go again. So now you got a retread coming in that's a former one that loves the Binding Caucus is trying yeah. to convince other people. I've heard that rum- rumbling in the Senate that there's a some staffers and stuff running around saying, man, if we don't have a Binding Caucus, we're never going to make it work. I'm like, here we go again. You know, that's why I told you I tried to file legislation, which I will try again to make that very unethical way of doing business. But it's never, you know, some things are never dead, Mike, like taxes. They, they're, they're there forever. So there are still people. All of the new people coming in, most of them are like, yeah, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Nobody's going to tell me how to vote. And by the way, it's a felony in Alaska statutes. I don't know why people can't wrap their heads around this to promise to vote for anything, especially for something in exchange for something of value, a chairmanship, you know, committee chairs, all that stuff, you know, staff is powerful. Those are things of value. And, you know, anyways, but the point is, it's not, it doesn't seem to be dead. I'm so whack-a-mole on that thing, but I'm having to go back and fight that battle again. And so that's, that's one that I'm cautious of, but the rest of it is the same. And tell me when we run it before we run out of time, but the big stuff, we can keep talking about it is comprehensive energy, um, or excuse me, cut first. There's two comprehensive fiscal policy, which includes protecting the PFD, just like we talked about from the policy working group. It includes the constitutional spending cap. It includes the reductions to spending. It includes looking at how we would balance with taxes if we have to do that. Um, And you and I both know the math, Mike, we've talked about it. I said, if we're going to keep spending like we are and we can't reduce because we tried, or at least not enough, um, you know, we can't keep spending at the rate we are. And that includes PFD spending all of it together. We can't spend at this rate without drawing down savings. Right. I'm not saying I want right. to do that. I'm saying you tell me how we make the math, you know, the math work because, as we said, it's a math and a political problem. You got to do both. So the comprehensive fiscal policy that's going to make us stop fighting about this every year, so we have something solid and locked away in the Constitution, so it's on autopilot, is a critical um, aspect for me. Critical, because without it, we just keep doing what we're doing. It's ridiculous. So that's yeah. one. Two is a comprehensive energy policy because we don't have one. And you and I both know that with the price of fuel, which drives the price of energy, which drives economic growth, which is what we really need, um, is a big deal. And we are, you know, it's going through the roof right now. So our own energy with natural gas, oil, et cetera, but also whether we're going to do hydro or solar, geothermal, micronuclear, you know, whatever it is, we have to have a plan. And we don't have one right now. And so I know the governor was talking about gas line again. And I, you know, of course, I talked to him before, you know, I've heard about this. And, and it's like, you know, China, are you going to say the C word to me? Because <laughs> if you're saying the C word, we're going to go to war. On this right, one. I'm not exactly. doing this with China. Exactly. I hear it's more like Japan and other stuff, which that's fine with me. I just don't want the manufacturer to be that big country because they're, they don't have our best interest. And then there's the other important issues that haven't stopped. Election integrity. And Mike, we were... We were minutes, what I tell you before, like 20 or 30 minutes from getting something passed there. But Ledge Legal sat on that for 24 hours. Willikowski was pissed. Bagich was pissed. Tuck and myself, three Democrats of me trying to get that across the finish line. Election integrity, right? I mean, we had right. one. It was, it was, it had a lot of the major tenets. Right, ready ballot to go. Clearing, ballot tracking. Yeah. Are we going to stop? No, no. It just, oh. you were ready to go with this and they just held on yeah. to it and held it back. Well, it wasn't it wasn't them. It was the alleged legal folks. Like I said, they, we filed it, you know, the amendment for it. Bulikowski took it all his staff. We had it and they just sat on it and we didn't get it back until inside an hour before the end of the session. So, I mean, Mike, we took one of the most contentious issues. Chris Tuck and I did. And we almost got that across the finish line through both of those bodies. And it had big stuff. It had cleaning up the voter rolls. It had cybersecurity, ballot tracking, ballot custody, open source software to get rid of Dominion. It had a lot of the stuff that we wanted this close so that's got to happen too that's a big deal for us and, and conservatives in the state you know that i'm still on a judicial reform 
because I think we have to change how we select our judges, do it like California and other states that have a better system, in my opinion. It's not the, it's not the Missouri plan where we have some input from the people and some elected, you know, judges as you move through it, there's different ways of doing it. So those are the big things, Mike, it's policy stuff, but writing the, sh the course of this ship on the fiscal side almost overrides everything else right. because it is, it is taking the oxygen out of the room of this state. Our policy as a petro state based on oil continues to change year after year. So we're not a stable place to do business. So having people come up and invest and grow this state all that long-term is, is hard to do because everybody goes, Alaska, you change your tax policy every, you know, every six months. It's like, right. we don't want to do business there. Yeah. So those are the big ones, Mike. They haven't changed and we haven't fixed them yet. I mean, I've been a part of all of those things. Bills filed for this, all this different stuff and so close on some of them. I mean, the fiscal policy works seven Democrats and five Republicans as one of those Republicans. And we found a way and we were very opposite. I mean, we've gone through it before, but we were this close. You know, yeah. I mean, it was all sitting there and the, the leadership and the last two, the last year just wouldn't touch it. They wouldn't touch you it. You know, the business so as usual need, club. Yeah, they're and they're yeah. out in full force. I mean, quite honestly, uh, you know, they're out in full force in the uh, in the polls. You could see that now. I mean, Dan Sadler, you mentioned that he's running against Sharon Jackson. In District 24, I think we now know which one we need to represent because one is for and one is against. We saw, you know, what's going on in your race. I mean, kind of the business as usual crowd supporting that. We've seen that up in uh, in Fairbanks for the Senate race uh, with Click Bishop and Elijah Verhagen going back and forth. I mean, I think we need to know, we need to start picking these candidates out that are not the business as usual crowd and make sure we get enough support behind them. We definitely want the people, well, first, that aren't going to want to buy any caucus because we've seen how bad that is. That gives power to a small number of people to shove their agenda and their position and their budget down everybody else's throats, like it or not. It also gives top cover for people that might be deep state-ish types to say, well, I had to vote for it or else, you know, it's like, yep. well, okay, how about the or else and just don't do that. But anyways, <laughs> so made a lot of ground yeah. up. It's really cool because I will tell you on that one, you know, it's like the couple rep, I say reps, the couple um, candidates that reached out to me, both looked at that dude and said, no way. What are you nuts? I'm not yeah, doing that. Exactly. So, are, are you crazy? <laughs> Binding caucus? That makes no sense. All right. We got to go. Mike showers, our guest. We're going to give him free reign up next. The Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty-based, uh, free thing on radio. All right. Uh, we're in the break right now. Mike Shower is our guest. Curious how many times the 13 Senate Majority members met to get their agenda priorities worked on last year? Once, twice, five times, or was it zero times? Uh, zero. Yeah, zero times. Zero. Zero times. We did not meet except one time the last few weeks of the session. Right. And we weren't, and I say this in, in just, we weren't allowed to talk. It was the Senate Finance Co-Chairs giving us a briefing on their budget, and that was it. And then everybody went away. As soon as they did that, a couple of legislators got and left the room. So there was only like five of us left. We're like, well, I guess we're not talking. <laughs> so, zero, right. brother. I mean, we did zero. Uh, but I thought that. I thought that. Wait, wait. The, the president, the Senate president, assured us that the Senate Finance Committee was going to be executing the will of the majority. Nope. Am, am I? Am I? Am I wrong there? Nope. <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> uh, negative. Yada. Yet. No. Did not happen. Negative Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. Uh, pattern is full. <laughs> the pattern is full. 
Yep. No, didn't happen. Didn't meet. Didn't talk. Not uh, very successful. House Democrats controlling one body. Senate Republicans controlling the other. That was, you know, you know, had a pretty significant split in it as far as, you know, being able to be a unified front and do anything. And Democrat influence was really strong. Um, you know, so it's just, again, dysfunctional, you know, and, and so you got a governor that's trying some stuff. You have one faction in the Senate trying, you know, to work there, but others fighting it. You got a house that's doing its, its own thing with about, you know, 14, 15 Democrats that are way off the reservation compared to the rest of the state. And it's just micro chocolate mess. Yeah. Well, everybody, if you're a red state, if just, you know, Alaska voted for Trump and Sullivan, I'm like, yeah, but we're not red. You know, now we're not blue in the yeah. traditional sense of lower 48. We're, we're this weird Alaska purple, you know, yeah, um, exactly. because we're very independent. When you add up, as you know, all the Republicans in the state, like 140,000 something and all the Democrats, a little over 70,000, um, they're still less than just the group of undeclareds. <laughs> The undeclareds are bigger than the two political parties combined in this state. Right. So right. it's an odd duck. We're not what people think we are. And so it's it's interesting because some districts, they just don't send back the people we want them to. But that's the way it works, right? I mean, it, that's just that's politics, man. We can't – everybody can't be Matsu, right? And everybody, thankfully, isn't Sitka right. <laughs> or Bethel. Or Fairbanks, we're right. different, and we're a big state, and we're very different. And there's a lot of almost what I would call micro populations, right? Yeah, no, Juno, I agree. Its own bubble, way out there yeah. from everybody else. Bethel, its own bubble, way over there. Fairbanks, up there. I mean, it's we're really spread out, and, and those areas are quite different from each other. Yeah, no, right? I would agree with that for sure. Um, one question I've been asking legislators that come on who are rerunning for reelection is, you know, one of the big problems that we have and one of the one of the one of the focal points of this problem is this um, is this conflict between the statutory PFD law and SB 26 the POMV law I mean we never had a problem before then because that was the law that was the only law in the books as soon as they put SB 26 on now they could go oh no we're gonna follow this law I mean that law but and we're not gonna it's gonna conflict but we choose one we choose this one um, where are you on repealing SB 26 and so that there's only one choice in law and that is the statutory PFD? What is your, uh, what's your position on that? Are you in favor of repealing it? Yes. And I'll tell you why. And we said this a few weeks ago, I'm sure you remember that, but what I see out of this is I have been trying my best to work inside the system, right? I'm one guy out of 60. There's only so much we can do as we're all well aware of. Um, and we haven't had the votes we've needed to, you know, even for a, until this year, when my amendment magically passed the Senate by one vote <laughs> and we got a full statutory PFD, of course, voted down in the House a few days later, but whatever. It's the first time it's happened since I've been there that we actually had a body pass a statutory PFD. So when you go back a couple of years ago, or sorry, earlier this, or maybe it was last year, I lost track. I think it was last year. We had that PhD wealth um, fund endowment manager, you know, right. from, I think it was Norway, right. I believe. And he was like, yeah, you know, POMVs is great. You know, do this all over the world. Stuff. But, you know, yeah, there are some questions asked. Like, there's some danger because in bad times, if you have a set draw, you can actually start pulling your fund down, right? Too right, much. right. If it's growing, exactly. it's fine. If it's, it, so, you know, he told us that and started thinking to myself, I'm like, well, you know, um, so we could actually overdraw the fund because they, these people in their infinite wisdom passed SB 26 because that's what they wanted. But the reality was with the previous law, Mike, we were never going to draw down the permanent fund because as the stock market declines, the, the amount of the 
the PFD formula, it drops. Right, it was because designed it's designed that way. Right, because it's so based on a rolling average. So if you have a bad year, then that Correct. year bakes into the five year average. And we saw that in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. We saw the we saw the PFDs drop precipitously. Um, yeah. You know, by like half over for the course of that three or four years until the average rolled off and then they jump back up. So there is a mechanism in place, and the POMV doesn't I, have that. It actually not not only does yeah. it not put us into conflict, not only does it not turn us upside down to this state. I will, I'll be done, like Bill Walker did when he when he saw falling that law, and the legislature passed SB twenty six with the POV. But the it worked, and we were following the law, and I think it prevents us from actually hurting the fund. So I actually yeah. think that may be the best path, my friend. All right, we're going to jump into this, uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's uh, get it on. Here we go. Like and share, like and share, like and follow. Do all the youtube stuff. Here we go. All right, uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, finishing things up here. With Mike Shower. Uh, one, ooh, hey, that's my reminder that we got to go back on the air. Um, one final, <laughs> I just, you know, hey, it just gets my attention. <laughs> yep, it gets my attention. Um, all right, Mike, uh, before I ask you the big burning question, we were just talking about SB uh, 26. Get rid of the POMV. Um, and, uh, you know, the, you're in favor of that. That's something that I think we need well, to tackle this next year. We didn't tackle Mike, Mike, yeah, it, just so I, so it's the audience is clear, if we're not going to have a constitutional convention, if we're not going to protect it in the, you know, the Constitution moving forward, the PFD and being done fighting about it, right. that maybe is the next best step to me because what we're doing, it, it just isn't working. So that's part of the answer. We right. get to that in the break. Right. We, we got to get it done. And you didn't focus it on at this last go around because you were in the middle of election reform and, and everything and the fight and all that stuff. So but I think this is well, this is. Yeah. Good. And I also thought we might enact a policy. We had a good right. working group and passed forward. I thought, hey, we got some answers. Leadership's going to never mind. Yeah, never mind. That, yeah so. exactly. I just think you now need to take their toys away. And, and SB 26 is the one toy that they keep using against you. So. All right. That's good. All right. So let me get to the burning question. This is the burning question that I'm sure everybody is asking asking you uh, when you're out campaigning and everything else. And so the the question is, have you seen Top Gun 2 and what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> yes, we've uh, Michelle and I finally went down to Tennessee <laughs> earlier and we visited her parents, which is good. They're, you know, in their 80s. And we haven't seen them, you know, in over a year. So that was a, a nice break right after the session. Then did some more work, whatever. And for a few days, we went down after a trip to visit our oldest son and his family because we haven't seen them in over a year. While we were there, his son, you know, who's in his early teens, is like, you know, oh, we should go see Top Gun. I'm like, oh, here we go. So, fine, we'll go see it. And we did. And, all right, so I'll just start off with, you know, for two hours, you know, and a couple bucks, it's entertaining. You can see that. And they play cool music and all the pictures. So, <laughs> there's that. Oh, I hear a butt um, coming. I hear a butt coming. But, you know, when you're a fighter pilot and your wife, you know, for 20 something years and your wife's sitting beside you and she's like, don't you dare. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. And I'm going, and I'm just like, that's silly. That's silly. She's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. She's elbowing me. Stop it. You know, everybody's looking at you. And you know, I mean, I wasn't being very loud. I didn't think I was. But, you know, look, when Tom Cruise ejects at 10.3 Mach and there's hot plasma on the outside of the aircraft, 
you're not going to show up in the bar, you know, from probably 80 or 90,000 feet at Mach 10.3. He would have also been plasma when he ejected. So there was that. That was kind of funny to watch that somehow he survived it in his suit. But whatever is cool. You're not going to go zipping through the gate um, in your motorcycle at 70 miles an hour like he did without even waving or saluting because he would have been shot. So there's that. So there's some there's a little bit of unrealism to it, but it's Hollywood, right? So whatever. Right, right, that, right, right. You know. Um, but I will also tell you that there are some things that were very realistic in the movie. For example, staying at attention and being yelled at about by senior brass that are worried about their career. Oh, that's way realistic. How do I know? <laughs> Been there. So, <laughs> that's valid. Yeah. Uh you know, some of the infighting with the the politics of, you know, individual programs, like the guy that all wants his, you know, the two-star that wants his drone program, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's real. That's real, real. Been there. Um, so some of it's actually pretty good. And as usual, the flying scenes, you know, the flying stuff was, there was some really good scenery stuff in there. You know, the, the Sams and how they did the targeting stuff, that was like, yeah, whatever, you know, kind of noted. Oh, yeah, an F-14 is going to, you know, out-dog fight a, a fifth-gen pack fa Noted. Not happening. Right, so, right. yeah. That's where Michelle keeps hitting me and my ribs are sore. She's like, shut up, shut up. This is, this sounds like, I can't help it. Yeah. That's not going to happen. That's not realistic. This sounds uh, like, uh, this sounds like a conversation between me and my wife during a movie where there, there's a lot of guns and there's a lot of gun sins, you know, especially in like, uh, uh, you know, rifle and and pistol combat and stuff like that. And I'm going, oh, no, no. And my wife's like, could you just let me enjoy the movie? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just having a hard time because they're breaking my immersion here because this is stupid. Uh, so, but anyway, I'm, I'm with, on that so thumbs up thumbs down i mean you like you said a couple bucks and a good couple hours but uh what what do you, and d- how does it compare to the first one i mean you're old enough now were you in the were you in the military when the first one came out you couldn't I, 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 it literally came out the summer i was starting at the air force academy when i was going through basic training right so kind of kind of so i mean yeah. did, well, how does it compare what are your what are your final thoughts on that it's probably more some parts of it are definitely more realistic than the first one. There's a few things in the first one that are slightly more realistic than the second one. But I will tell you this, a very good friend of mine named Hollywood, who I flew F-15s and F-22s with, was consulted for a day by the producers and writers of the of the movie Right. Um, through, a, through a mutual contact we had when we were flying. And when I was doing the Raptor demo stuff, and he was Thunderbird 1, and one of the guys we knew happened to be uh, work for a big billionaire type guy that does all this kind of stuff. And he reached out to Hollywood and said, Hey, they want to consult and they want to, you know, have, you know, real fighter pilots come in and tell them, you know, sit down about the script. And so he spent a day with them and he wasn't the only one. They had obviously some Navy guys and whatever. So to their credit, they actually did reach out to people that do this for a living. And, and some of the scenes and things that happened in that were coming from those interviews where they said, well, yeah, this, would, this is real. This isn't, you know, whatever. So like I said, I'll give them credit to the fact they actually tried, you know, to, to to some extent, to make it realistic and as best you can, you got your Hollywood stuff and whatever. But um, you know, they they gave it a field college try, and like I said, it is entertaining. The flying scenes are really cool, and if you can get past the the tactics and some of the other silly stuff that if you did it for a living, you would know is you know, not that. Um, right, you know, right. Yeah, thumbs up. It's entertaining. Okay, I give good. it that. All right, good. <laughs> Uh, you also had a post on Facebook the other day uh, with the uh, F-22s when you came in as the lead F-22 and dropped them down when you became part of the 90th Diceman, um, and uh, you were talking about that. Give us a little background on that. We've only got about three and a half, three minutes or so, but give us a little bit of a, a hit on that. 
Well, it, it, I didn't, I wasn't searching for it. I didn't even know it was the anniversary date. <laughs> um, I just got an invite from the folks at the Edwards uh, Air Force Base, the Combined Test Center about, hey, the 25th anniversary of the first flight of the Raptor is coming up here on 7 September. So I'm going to try to get there. I don't know if I'll be able to make it or not, but I would like to. And uh, so that it popped up in my feed somehow. I think it's because I liked, you know, Jay Bear or, you know, 11th Air Force, you know, they just follow like on social media and it popped up. Oh, that's cool. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I know those pictures. That's me. Right, <laughs> so right. I'm like, oh my God, that's cool. I'm like, well, let me talk about it. But I didn't want to talk about me because I hate that stuff, right? And what I what did matter to me is I looked at it and as usual, I see this, you know, enlisted, you know, sergeant standing out there saluting, you know, waving the planes in. And I thought, you know, that's pretty cool. I said, I'm going to talk about, you know, the people that never get the credit you know, and that's why I did the post the way I did it, because I want people to said the reason the Raptors are here flying is because of about 99 out of 100 people involved in the program are not a pilot, probably more than that. Right. You right. know, they're maintainers, they're, they're fuel truck drivers, they're loaders, they're the civilian folks that keep them flying with all the parts and the maintenance and the stuff and everybody across the, you know, the whole infrastructure behind the guy at the pointy spear, you know, the guy flying the plane, the guy pointing the gun down range. You know, has, you know, about 90% of the entire military and the structure behind it is for that person, right? But you never hear about the rest of them. They don't make movies about the fuel truck driver. You know, they don't make a Top Gun. <laughs> right. They don't make movies exactly. about the, the cook. Yeah, or, you know, exactly. But without those, it doesn't happen. And so I wanted the post to to talk about the other people and everything they did to make those shiny airplanes, you know, show up, work, be successful. And that's why it mattered to me because there were so many great guys and gals that I worked with that you never hear about. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I get, I get interviews all the time. So what? I mean, it, what yeah. about the people that do it every day it and a, nobody ever says thanks to that? Yeah, no, it was know? a it was a great post. It was really, but fake news shower. Those planes are not shiny. They're radar absorbing, so they're not shiny. Uh, <laughs> fake news. Uh, <laughs> that's because of the stuff in the skin. But I won't go there because that could get to the classified conversations, and you uh, will have somebody show up to talk to you, Mister. Got it. Got to go. The Michael Duke Show, <laughs> Common Sense Radio. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, that's it's you know that's good. I uh, yeah, I read the post and I thought that was really interesting to think about because you're right. The one guy has got a hundred or 150 people making sure that he could fly that plane, and yet he's the one that gets all the uh, bragging rights. And so uh, it's uh, it's it's good stuff. I I really I really enjoyed that post. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. It's it's about those guys, and it's a cool you know in one sense to be a part of the history. Because, you know, I look back on my career and I'm like, wow, I'm like, you know, it wasn't, you know, because I was Mr. The Best Guy Ever. A lot of it was just because I happened to be in the right place at the right time. In the F-15, I was at the at the pinnacle of the aircraft, you know, for its capability and its reputation and, and all that stuff, you know. And then I get to be in this brand new fifth gen aircraft, you know, and do cool stuff with it and all that. And, you know, was it in a lot of it like it is in life, right? It's, you know, as the saying goes, you know, timing is everything. Right, you know, if you right. have bad timing, you can be the best one in the world and never have a shot at it. And, if you have excellent timing, you can be a knucklehead and still get a shot at it. Right, so, right place, um, right time. I'm not going to say which. Yeah. I'm not going to say which one I believe I am. But <laughs> uh, is there a middle but, ground but there? Me, is there a middle ground? <laughs> I'm just asking. Good Maybe knuckle, good knucklehead. Yeah. Is that the thing? The... Knucklehead, knuckle dragger. <laughs> but uh, you know, I had good timing, Mike, and I was able to do a lot of really cool things, and you know, the people and stuff. And I, I one of the post i respond to the guy said you know he's like oh you're great lake and eighth love you're great i'm like it was awesome i said but what i'm finding funny i still remember all the flying stories of course and and those memories are strong but as i get older i remember a lot more of the things with the people than i do with the airplane 
because that stuff starts to stand out to you about the, the people that you worked with and stuff. And then you realize right. how good they were. And I think like always, you don't, I hate to say you, you take it for granted, but I think you do. You're so focused on the mission and flying and doing your thing and all that stuff that you kind of, you don't think about all the people around you and the stuff that's happening. You appreciate them, shake their hand, see them and stuff. But then you look back on it and you go, man, were we lucky to have in the chance to work with some of these people? Cause they're amazing. Yeah. And you just think about it later because then you have time. I think that's life, right? You start retrospecting like, man, these people were awesome. And then you start really missing that. And you don't necessarily see that in the next phase of your life because people don't stick together as well in the civilian world generally, you know, as they did in the military because we're, you know, you're a unit and you're in the same mission and stuff. And so right. it's just different. Right. You miss that. Anyway, that's probably a natural progression in life. Yeah, no, I think I think so too. I think you appreciate things uh, a lot more later on, and the nuanced things, and especially the people, because that's the uh, that's the important stuff. Well, uh, thank you for coming on, my friend. Thanks for sharing. I know that you uh, took time out uh, today for me, and I appreciate that. And it was uh, <laughs> it's well worth it. I appreciate that. Uh, we will discuss next week, and me or Michelle or I, we will. <laughs> Make sure that we set a triple, quadruple alarm for you to notify you the day prior. So all is well. And we'll get her done. Okay. <laughs> sure. But so today was mine. I did not um, set my alarm and I should have. And no, I completely forgot. So no big deal. She woke me up. She's like, where are you? You're on Dukes. I'm like, oh, crap. Because my brain was yesterday and I was already <laughs> on to the next thing. So then it's my fault. So. No, it's all good. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for coming on board. Look forward to seeing you maybe next week. Let me know. Uh, thanks. For- I will do that. We will continue talking about all of the other stuff. But yeah. I will tell you this before we go. I talked to a lady. Said, "Yeah, we're kind of doing every other, every other week now because there's just not as much, you know, in the session and all that." And she's like, "Well, you know, I'd really like every week." She's like, "Just talk about airplanes and flying stories because that's really awesome." I'm like, "Well." I guess maybe we could do that. So <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about something. Because we'll her eleven-year-old grandson listens to the Shower Hour of Power, and she's like, he loves it. And when you're not on, he's bummed. I'm like, that. Just so you know, she said that. Like that, I thought that was really cool. So oh, that is cool. It's nice to hear. And uh, yeah, we could talk about bacon and airplanes and movies, and that would probably take up a whole hour in and of itself. So, all right. Well, State Senator Mike Shower, thank you, my friend. Good to talk with you. All right, brother. Take care. Tomorrow on the program. It is uh, Jacob Sullum, Reason Magazine, uh, Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, Willie Waffle. It's a full show tomorrow for Firearms Friday. We'll see you then. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you then.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 